Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hi, I'm Dr. Kelly Tanner. We are at SmileCon ADA, and I have a very cool guest who I met yesterday, Dr. Emily Litron, and she talks all about high-performance leadership, and she's got quite a unique journey. So, Dr. Emily, tell us about your story and your journey in dentistry. Well, first, I want to say thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Um, It's great that you take the time and create the platform so we can share our stories our insights, you know, what we've learned so other can learn with us. Yes. Yeah, so my, my backstory is I actually uh, came to this country back in 1981 as a refugee, wow. uh, one of the boat people back then. Wow. And um, so we escaped the communists. I came here with my aunt and, you know, we overcame the normal challenges, the English language. Mm. Just the <laughs> you normal know? ones. Yeah, the normal <laughs> <laughs> the normal one for a Vietnamese refugee, um, the financial hardship and all that. And I'm uh, very blessed because this is a great country of opportunity. So I got grants. I got scholarship. I finished my undergrad in three years at UC Riverside. And then I finished my DDS and MS degree in four years at UCLA. Wow. And then um, I came out, got married, have three beautiful children, have three dental offices. Uh, dentistry wasn't a calling. <laughs> dentistry was kind of a default choice because back then I didn't want to wear a beeper. This is a long time ago. Okay. I didn't want to be a doctor because I think a doctor has to wear a beeper. You're right, right. Yeah. I talked to a pharmacist and he said that he counts pills. So somebody told me, well, just go be a dentist. So I went to dentistry not really knowing a whole lot. I think I had a couple of silver fillings in my mouth and that was about it. But as I went in, because, of course, a lot of my friends, they have parents who are in dentistry or maybe dentistry changed their lives. So I didn't have one of those inspiring stories. Mm. But what I've learned over the years is we are so blessed to be part of our patients' lives. I have patients who've been with me for 25 years. And so we're just so blessed to be part of their lives and they're part of our lives. And, um, you know, we just got to treasure that relationship mm and what we can bring to change other people's lives. That's amazing. And you have four offices. No, right now I have two. I used to have three. Okay. Yes, I don't know I where, I got, where I got four from. but so, in, so you have two practices. Do you work between both of them? Yes, I do. I have an associate and I have specialists. So I've been running my practices at group practices since 1999. So it's been a little while. 
Yeah. So what do you love to do when uh, restoratively or what's your favorite procedure? I think my uh, favorite procedure is a crown because I think you can change the shape, right? Like in two visits or one visit if you, if you have a cerebrum, um, you can immediately give, almost immediately give the patient back the function. And a lot of time the cosmetic. And um, for me, it's, I actually love a lot of, I don't like endo. Okay, so that's a <laughs> confession. Uh, but I think really in everything we do, if we look at the outcome and the result and what the patient get out of that, I think all the procedures are important, right? Yes. Uh, yes. So there's a reason why I'm a general dentist because I don't really like one procedure. And I like different things. I like different things on different days. I did, I did a GPR okay. after dental school. I thought I wanted to specialize. And after the GPR, I said, I don't really like anything or hate anything. I'm just going to remain a general dentist. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you took that calling to your next calling, and now you consult your high-performance coach and consultant. Tell us more about that and what drove you to, to doing that. Yeah, so I think um, a lot of us, we have that journey after dental school, after working for a while. We got all of this education. We learned a lot. I mean, I invested a lot in myself, um, more than I invested in dental school back in the day. Because there's just so much to learn. And my passion is personal growth, how you grow as a person. Everybody talk about work-life balance and all that. And I think it's really, who are you? Are you, are you the mom? Are you the dentist? Are you the boss? Are you the daughter? Are you the spouse? Right? How, do you be, how can you be the best version of all of that? And how much will you tolerate? <laughs> how much do you want to improve and meet the expectation and so that calling comes about six years ago when I kind of thinking you know I can create more impact than within the four walls of my office mm. right and of course you know like as the internet and all these Facebook things become more relevant you see people asking questions that I know the answer to and I'm thinking you know I that's one way to give back is to be in those groups and and, and give the free advice, right, based on my real experience. And if people want to invest to accelerate their growth, whether it's their personal growth or their business growth, then I can be a catalyst for that. And that's where that came from. Wow. And I, I, I love what you said there, too, when you said that you feel like that you had more to offer than just outside of the four walls of the operatory as well, because you're making a difference in people's lives every day as a clinician, as that general practice provider and providing the best care. And then you said, no, I want to impact differently. And so now you, do you travel a lot to go and consult other offices or is it, do you provide seminars or how do you provide the help that, that you're, that you're uh, specializing in with high performance, high performance leadership? Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I do my own events. It's called action to win. Oh. Yeah. Now a lot of people say, okay, action, take action. Action is actually one of my formula. Um, it stands for appreciation, communication, trust, investment, open-mindedness, and never give up. Mm. And the, the investment part is you invest in yourself, you invest in your team, you invest in you know assets that's going to help you grow more, 
right? And uh, you invest in your family, like taking the time for the family, right? Because everybody knows you have kids, the kids are going to grow up. Well, what are you giving them? You know, the memories and, and all of that. And for me, it's an investment. It's an investment in time. And everybody knows kids cost money. <laughs> They do. Right. <laughs> and it's an investment as a parent, right? So um, so I put on these events, usually have maybe 30, 40 dentists. Some people bring their team members. And we talk about high performance. We talk about business strategies. Uh, one of my favorite talk is how to keep a patient for 25 years. Oh, right? I love that. Next year is going to be how to keep a patient for 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really about... What do you do for your patient? Yeah. And it's not just for your patient. It's what do you do for your team so yes. your team can take care of the patients, yeah. right? Because a lot of people think, let me just get more new patients. And what about the one that you have? What about the one that's been with, with you for 20 years? If you ever look back and look at the ledger and see what is that lifetime value? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at the patient a little different. Because yeah. this patient is not a two $300 exam patient. If this patient stayed with you for 25 years, what is that value? Yes. Yes. And so we kind of get the doctor to be thinking in that mode. And then, you know, they can certainly elect to work one-on-one. -on -one. I do my coaching virtually. Okay. Uh, because a lot of it has to do with, like you say, the leadership, mm -hmm. how the doctor is going to think, how the doctor is going to act. And, you know, I can coach the team virtually too. And I have workshops um, where you can come and just knock everything out in two days kind of thing. I think the what's important is what are you going to do as a doctor or as a team member? What are you? If you take a, a nugget, what are you going to do with it? When are you going to implement it and actually see the result? What do you and what do you recommend to people? What when they have this nugget of information? What's the first thing that they need to do to take action on that? Yeah, I think the very first thing is to make a commitment to yourself that you're gonna you're gonna do this by what day. Right. I tell people it's very funny. We well, not me in particular, but uh, there's some of us who are very high strung about the appointment. Right. I cannot have the patient wait two minutes, five minutes. I got to be on time. I got to deliver for the patient. How many times did you deliver for yourself? Mm. Right. Did you make an appointment for yourself and you actually kept it? How many times did you say, I'm going to go to the gym at 6 a.m. and then you didn't go to the yeah, gym, yeah. right? Or you say, I'm going to go take that course because this year I want to do implants or whatever. And then you have 20 excuses where you didn't go take that yeah. course. Or if you say, you know what, I'm committed to taking my team to a trip, right? Because they hit whatever goal and you didn't do that for your team. Or it could be just a bonus, whatever it is. Right. But sometimes what I see is, the commitment that we make to our patients who are the customers, we're not making it for our team and keep it for our team or for ourselves. And that's a big part of high-performance coaching is to fulfill those things mm -hmm. for, for yourself. What is, I know that you probably get this question all the time, but what's the number one thing that, number one service that you probably provide to practices because you see it over and over again. The key, it's a recurring theme of problems or opportunities, however you want to phrase it, that, that, a, that a dental practice comes across. I would say it has to do with clarity. Um, being clear from the doctor's standpoint, what is it that you want? What is your goal? People say, I want a million dollar practice. My question is, how come not five million? 
Mm. And that's going to take a different course of action. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? Right. So what is it that you want? Why you want it? And did you communicate that with your team? So they are clear. Right? I talked to the doctor. I want a million-dollar practice. I go to the team, even the office manager. He wants a million-dollar practice or she wants a million-dollar practice. What is the plan? I don't know. We heard that that's what we're supposed to do, right? So being very clear in, let's just talk, let's just pick on the doctor, right? The doctor being very clear in what he or she wants. Did you communicate that with the team? Did you have a, do you have a strategy on how to get there? Do you have the training for them to do whatever you want them to do? Do you lay out the expectation so they know that whether or not they meet your expectation, right? So being very clear about that and the team have that clarity too, that they know this is, we want to get to a million, how many new patients do we need? How many recall do we need to book? How many high-end procedure, you know, clear liners, implants, whatever you do to get to that. Because without that clarity, everybody is just trying to figure out as you go along. And if you're going to do that from month to month, from year to year, um, I think you may fall short of your goal. Yeah. And then too, it's, it's also, and I know that I know that you and I are in the same frame of thought on many things, but not just clarity on the, on the goal, but what everyone's individual role is at, to obtain that goal, to go towards that. Because many times people are like, okay, I don't know that that, I don't know that that aligns with me because it, some, I know that dental hygienists specifically, when we talk about selling in dental hygiene, it's not, you guys, it's not about selling. It's just about educating our patients because selling, educating is serving. And it's just something that you happen to offer. That's patients want dentistry. Now they don't come in and they're, they're not necessarily always expecting to need dentistry, but if they want it, it's important that we're telling them what their options are, right? Yeah. I, I want to touch a little bit on that because people, we just call it selling. It's persuasion, right? And I think if you're a parent, you know, you're selling to your kids all the time. <laughs> That's true. Now, if you know that whatever you're selling is important, I'll give you an example. You have to do your homework, right? You're selling the idea that you actually need to do this homework. You got, Then you get better grade and you're going to, I don't know, I'll take you out to the mall, shopping spree, whatever, right? If you put that same framework to the patient, if the patient was your child, right? You need to persuade the patient to go through the treatment because they're going to get all that benefits. And if you believe in that, now, if it's not in alignment with your value, that's a totally different question. And, right. And I know there's sometimes there's conflict there, but if you're the hygienist and you're, you have the patient's you know, you want to give the patient the best health, then you know that those crowded teeth need aligners or braces. I don't think there should be a problem pressing it on the patient that, you know, we really need to correct this because otherwise these are some of the complications, right? And that is selling. And I think as a doctor, it would be great if you also give them the tool, let's say um, payment plans, so yes, the hygienist can try to sell. Treatment plan is 5000 6000 10000 If there's a way for the patient to pay, I think that takes some of the pressure off, right? Because yeah, if you don't have the five or 6000 we do have this um, payment plans here. So now it just balls in your court. You make a decision whether or not it's a fit for you. But I think that also take off some of the pressure. So I think from a doctor's standpoint, when you just say, okay, I need you to sell 
whatever, cosmetic dentistry, aligners, if you actually explain to the hygienist why I want you to do this, well, because we want to go to that million dollar, we want to go out, take a trip to Cancun, whatever it is, right? Um, I call that benefit extension, right? It's going to benefit the patient, going to benefit the office. We're going to go to Cancun. Uh, maybe you have the option of bringing your, your family with you. But that's what I did. I think the first time we got to a million dollars was in 2006. So I took my staff to Hawaii. So everybody got a room, right? They can bring whoever in their family that fit into the room. They take care of their, their flight. But I got everybody a, a car, a rental car. So you can drive around. And that was, uh, I think we were at the big island, right? And we all go to a luau. So there's that extension benefits. If I got this, my family also got that, right? So when you think about that, it's not just you trying to sell this. The family can benefit. You're doing a good job for the patient. The doctor's going to be happy because you're selling something, right? Now it just become a little bit easier. And if it's and with all of that sounds like it's important to you, you like that, then you go for it. And I do, and I I love that. Um because, and, and then I want to impress, too, that you're not recommending anything that they, that the patient doesn't already need. It's just, exactly. it's just it is what it is, and they need what they need, right? right? So it's just you just telling them what you found. Yes. And then saying, we can help you with that. It's just like when you go to the eye doctor. And how many times is, I, I don't know about your vision, but when I went to the eye doctor, I didn't know how long my doctor offered LASIK. And then when I went to another eye doctor, they're like, yeah, you can have LASIK. I'm like, how come no one's told me about this? Right. You know, right. because I didn't know that that's something that they offered. So they need to know what your offering is and how that can benefit them. Yeah. I'll give you a, a great example. I thought when my kids were small, they're always breaking the, <laughs> the glasses, right? Because everybody will wear glasses. And when I went to the optometrist, the, 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 the doctor said, we have this thing called Flexon where you can go like this to the frame and it doesn't oh. break, right? And then you have to pay an extra $200 or whatever to get that particular frame, right? For me, uh, they're not going to break the frame. I don't have to take them to the doctor to fix it again, right? And I have to take time Huge out of my benefit. schedule, yeah. right? So that's the benefit extension. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to... One time it was funny, the school called me and say, your, uh, your son's classes need help. You like did fixing, and I go, oh, don't worry. I have the little screwdriver in my purse. I'll be right there to fix the classes. Right? I got to the school, and they gave me pieces of the class. No, <laughs> because he did something to it. So now, even with the flex one, no, no, this is what we. Oh, okay, before, one. but here I come with a little screwdriver, and I'm looking at this little pile, right? And I'm like, I'm going flex on all the way, right? Because it's going to save me all of that time and headache. So think about it like that for your patient, right? Even if you're going to recommend something small, like let's say a, a, a fluoride rinse, you know, it's a small thing. But if it helps a patient with the sensitivity, they can enjoy their meal, right? They're going to keep going back to your office to get that particular adjunct service, right? And you build in the compliance. So when you think of it like that, what, what? It benefit the patient. Who else can it benefit, right? Um, I think it's just nicer. And when they come in to see you, they don't complain. My teeth are very sensitive. Yeah. Don't touch here. Don't you know, like you yeah. know the, the, yeah. the usual stuff. Um, everybody, it's a win-win. And yes, it's gonna make the office more money. But look at that win-win. 
I think that's what that's what I like for people to look at is it's not just about the money, it's not just about your skill to sell. It's how much more can you influence and affect the patient's life. That's so good. So, what do teams need to start with when you're when you're when the doctor has clarity, the team has clarity? How would you recommend that they start to implement the goals that they have set? Well, you know, sometimes I'm democratic, so <laughs> take a vote. <laughs> if this is the goal, so let's just let's just say hypothetically, we want to increase the collection by twenty thousand, just for example. That could be four or five aligners case, right? Let's shoot for selling one case, one case a month, right? Easy, so, easy. I mean, one not one case a week. I'm sorry. Okay. So that's four cases Even a month. That's easy. Right. So the front. The front office, when you're booking that appointment, take a look. Did we recommend aligners before? And then you just gonna tell the hygienist, hey, she need. I mean, I expect the hygienist to read the last diagnosis. But what happened is now everybody's looking at who's a good candidate. Yeah. Right. Who is in that 35 to 50 years old kind of thing? They're talking to you. Their teeth are crooked. You're looking at it, right? And you let the the back office know. So they talk about it a little bit more. Right, the doctor is just gonna just need to confirm. Yes, I think it would benefit you if you do this, which we talk about. Let me see. Yeah, we talked about that three years ago, right? You know, during the pandemic, I have patients who came in, and I'm in California, so essential, right? Right. Emergency. Yeah. Patient make an appointment, come in. I'm ready for clear liners during the pandemic. Um. Okay. Well, look like we've been talking about this for three years. <laughs> they didn't like how they look on Zoom. Right. So now there's something that motivate them yeah. to make that change. The thing is, they probably won't think about it unless you've been talking. That's right. About it. Yes. Right. And now they're just ready to buy. And you have the, the payment plan. They can do it. They just I did a couple of aligner <laughs> cases during the pandemic. It's just because people didn't like how they look at right. that time. Yeah, I heard that many that clear aligners skyrocketed during that time yeah. because of the Zoom effect is right. what they called it. Even though they could wear a mask when they go outside. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But on Zoom where you're just right there, they didn't like how they look. But you gotta educate the patient and let the patient know the way your teeth look, the way your smile is, it affects, you know, your self-esteem, your self-confidence. And you're kind of putting it in their head over the years and when they're ready, they'll do it. And you know. Who's greater than the than the team members, right? I think the team members play such a big part because you're talking to the patients. You know, the patient trusts you, right? I, you know, I'm I'm one of those people. Are very few words like we should do this because X Y Z. Okay, talk to her. Right. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. I mean, I spend a lot of time on the new patient exam, but not so much the recall because we already talk about it in a way. So that's where the team member come in. And I think from a doctor's standpoint, you need to make sure you let the team know that the team are going to be the people who make and break the practice, right? And if we all agree that we want to increase 20, 20K this month, and we all agree that we're going to focus on the aligners or whatever it is, it's just easier to get to that goal. Absolutely. And then so as well with with the goals, do you think that people 
believe that their patients with offices that you're seeing, do you think that, do you think that the team members believe that the patients need it? Or do you think that they're just think that they're trying to meet their goal? I think it, it's, I think it's, I want to say like a heart to heart conversation, right? Um, explain to the team that it actually is going to make a difference in the patient's life. Yes. That's what I wanted to get us to. Yes. It's going to make a difference. Yes. Right. I mean, I have older patients. We make him a new denture, implant supported denture. He went, uh, he went, I've got a girlfriend. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to sell it to him as if you get new teeth, you're going to get a new girlfriend. Right. Because I think he was in his seventies, but these are the stories. Let's say you're a new team member. You don't know. Right. And I'm trying to sell this implant denture for 7K, for example. I need to tell you that story. So you understand, oh, that's why we want to tell him about the implant-supported denture. Because by the time you place the implant, you put the denture or whatever, that is not your regular denture. That he has more confidence that this denture is going to fall out when he goes out dating or whatever it is. Right? So unless the team member have known those stories, it's the doctor's job to tell the story so they can say oh that's that happened in real life it actually affects that person's life yes right because if you're 20 25 years old you don't know people who have dentures you may not know people who have aligners that they once once in a point of time they had straight teeth and now they relapse they don't know those stories they just they have perfect teeth their their parents pay for the braces so they don't they don't get those stories that come from the doctor or for an older team member for example and the more you can relate with stories the better you can communicate i agree and i think too that that whole subconscious bias piece that we have that we place filters on what it is that we're recommending because we think that the patient may not want that Right. And so to help us, under, and then those stories, I think, go along with, okay, tell me why you would think that you shouldn't have that conversation and try to, not as a point of conflict, but just to try to peel back the layers mm-hmm. to say, could this be you who doesn't want this? And, and, and you don't think that that patient wants to hear about it. Yeah. I'll tell you a quick story. I had a, a dental assistant who came in once. She was super nice. Like everything was going great. It was her tryout, you know, like, or her first day or whatever it was. And then we had a little kid come in. And the kid, and what I do is I let the patient, come, the parent come in. And I would tell the parent, okay, so I'm going to numb the kid. And I'm going to kind of poke around and make sure the kid is numb. But once I start working, the kid may cry just because they scare. So I just want you to, I just want to make sure you know that the, the kid is not feeling anything. He or she may cry. Right, yeah. So this assistant was helping me. And Kate was crying a little bit and moving around a little bit. We just did a filling or whatever. We finished, and the assistant said, I quit. Right? And I said, what happened? Because we were fine up to lunch. Went to lunch. She came back, and that was the first patient in the afternoon. She said, I quit. So I, don't, I don't like how, to, how you work with the patient. And I said, what happened? Well, the kid was crying, and you kept on working. And I said, but the parent was there. And I really show the mom that, you know, I'm poking, kid doesn't feel it, but you start the hindpiece and the kid is scared and crying. And she said, no, that's, that's okay, that, you know, this is not for me. Now, in the old days, I would probably say, okay, 
But now with the training as a coach, right? I ask it a difficult question. I said, it's okay that you don't want to work here. But were you traumatized as a kid at the dentist's office? Ah. And she teared up, right? Uh, that yes, she was traumatized. Wow. So she didn't want to watch another kid being traumatized. And I mean, I'm not a pediatrician. I can't knock, you know, like I can't get to put the kid to sleep. Yeah. And if the, it's okay with the parent, then I'm okay because I'm trying to fix wow. the teeth, right? Wow. So, you know, one question. And. I, can, I totally get why all of a sudden you say no. Yeah, that was, right? power, that was powerful. I'm like tearing up over this. This is powerful. Yes. Yeah, so when you know those things and you get your staff to understand, right? Like why is Mr. Jones always say no, right? Because, oh, the other dentists overtreated him or whatever, right? Um, when you understand those things, those stories that is connected to the person, then you would be more inclined to, no, I really need to convince this person to go past this because I know what, what the outcome would be. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, and, you, you, changed, you changed that assistant's life by asking that question too. Yeah. So I think the next job she goes to, maybe she's going to say, you know what? I don't like assisting kids. Like, I told her, don't go, don't go work at a pedo office. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's that's not your calling right now. Not until she heals, maybe. Yeah, that's not going to be good for you, yeah. right? But that, it wasn't something that came up during the, you know, the interview. Yeah, right. They were just like, I thought this is, this is, we rolling, we rolling. And all of a sudden, I quit. And you're right? like, what? Uh -huh. Yeah. But this is, this is what comes with training. Yeah. Right? Like for me, that was like, okay, I'm pulling out this coaching training thing and I'm going to ask this difficult question. Yeah. And. I could guess what the answer is, and I didn't have to ask it, but I said, you know what? Might as well help her. If I ask her that question and, and it forces her to face her fear, right? Like, here we go. I got to deal with that past. Because you know what? When she has kids, she's going to have reservations. Yes. She's not going to trust whoever, you know, like all of these things. Um, but it was up to me to ask that question. So if, if you're a dental hygienist and you're asking Mr. Jones to do, you know, to do whatever treatment and and Mr. Jones said no, you know, ask one more question. Right? Just to get to like what is the real reason? Because you know and I know the majority of the time is not the money. No. It's it's never about the money. Yeah. It's never it's really never about the money. Yeah. 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 That's that's powerful. Um and I, th and I think that that's good advice for anyone to ask the other question, to figure out what it is in that person's life of what their why and what it is that they, those blind spots, like I talk about it, some things that they need to overcome that affects their perspective. So um, I am just so grateful for you being here with us today. It's, it's wild that this time has gone by so fast with us. I could just sit and listen to you. But of course, I know that we share the love for this. So um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or learn more from you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on the show again. Yeah, uh, people can go to my website. It's dremilyletran.com. So it's uh, E-M-I-L-Y-L-E-T-R-A-N or Dr. Dr. Emilyletran.com. Uh, we got a high-performance quiz on there. Okay. Ask 10 questions. People answer it. It's, it's about your whole life, right? 
uh, different aspects of your life. See where you are as a high performer. Um, you can schedule a 30-minute complimentary uh, call. I call it a focus call. Come in with a question, a challenge, and I'll help you solve it. Right? And, uh, you know, it, again, it's all about understanding yourself. And I think I think that's the gap, and I know you know. That's the gap in our profession is everybody know what to do. How come you're not doing it? We don't need one. I don't need another manual. I don't need another guy. Right? Maybe I don't need another consultant. Unless you understand where you are, why you're resisting certain things, why you don't want to do certain things, um, because I can shove whatever material down your throat and you could learn it, but whether or not you do it, you implement it, it really has to do with the person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And for any of you all who uh, would like Dr. Emily's contact information, it's in the show notes for you. And thank you again. And um, to our listeners, thank you so much for subscribing, for following us. And if you wouldn't mind doing us a favor to give us five stars on Apple, because Apple likes our Apple likes our stars. And then also share our podcast with others in your community. Thank you for all that you're doing every day and be well. Take care.